1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: One of the things that I know people do is they have a what if sort of pattern way of thinking. Mm -hmm. What if this doesn't work out? What if people judge me? What if people think it's stupid? All of those kinds of things. One thing that works really well for me, and I'll say it doesn't work well for everyone because everyone's different. But what I like to do is I like to put the word so on the front of that statement. So I'll say instead of what if, it's okay. I catch myself in that frame of mind and I recognize what I was saying to myself. What if it doesn't work? What if I don't understand? What if I can't do it? And then I'll just say, you know what? So what if it doesn't work? So what if I don't understand? So what if I can't do it?
1: Welcome back to Bucketless Careers, the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie. This is episode 119. Frankie Elder Reedy, my guest today recently launched a patent-pending sports bra harness. And she says the absolute best thing about the career she's crafted is getting to see the reaction women have when they wear her new product for the first time. Now, prior to starting research and development of racks that spelled W-R-A-X, Frankie owned a liquor store and laundromat, an entrepreneur for nearly two decades. On top of that, she's been a certified hypnotherapist for nearly as long and still sees clients when she can balance the workload. There was no single conversation or pivotal experience that turned things around for Frankie, but rather in this episode, she walks us through the little things that slowly shifted and redirected her. A big pivot can happen that way. How she went from thinking she would retire as a liquor store owner to believing that one day she'd be able to totally disrupt the sports bra industry. Let's listen now to how she's building on her big idea and how you can too. Frankie, welcome to Bucket List Careers, the podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time to tell us your story. Oh, I'm so excited to be
2: here. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. It is my pleasure. I'm so excited to talk about your product, your pivots, your founder of a company that makes something unique for women. I want to hear all about what you're doing now, but we also want to dig into your past. How you got here, what we can learn from it. You did have a pivot. You were a liquor store owner. You were also a hypnotherapist. I find all of this intriguing. It's going to be a great episode. I know it. So let's start with your previous self, if you will, professionally. You were owning that liquor store for about 18 years. So a
2: good chunk of time. That's right. 18 years. Yeah. The combination of the liquor store and hypnotherapy, I used to say that I specialize in altered states of consciousness. I like that. It was a lot of fun.
1: Okay. So talk to me about how that started. Did you always want to do that? Or did you fall into being an owner of a service in the service industry? And what was good about it? What wasn't working for you after a certain point?
2: I'm still a hypnotherapist. I just kind of do that a little bit on the side. It's something I know I'm always going to do. I'm so passionate about it. It's so incredibly fulfilling. It's fascinating. I'm never going to be bored by it. It's just who I am. It's going to be what I continue to do. The liquor store, however, I definitely miss my customers. I miss those relationships, Mm. but there's things about it I don't miss, and I'm excited about what the future has to hold. But I knew in high school, actually, that I wanted to own a liquor store.
1: I was going to say, were you always an entrepreneurial-minded person? How did you get started there?
2: Yeah, definitely. My parents were entrepreneurs, so I witnessed it. I grew up watching it. My dad fascinated me because he would, we would go out to eat and He was a high school art teacher and wrestling coach. So he had like his normal gig or whatever, but he had all these other businesses. Like throughout my whole life, I watched him open businesses and have so much fun with them, honestly. And his, the way his mind worked, like he was constantly brainstorming. He would take, Hmm. if he didn't have a a notebook or something to write on at a restaurant, he would just use a napkin. There was never a time the man didn't have a pen in his hand that he was like, sometimes he was just doodling and creating art. And sometimes he was working, problem solving, brainstorming, figuring out solutions, always listening and scanning and looking for ways to improve things.
1: Yeah, sure. And you inherited that, obviously.
2: I think so. I hope so. I don't know if I'm as good at it as he was, but I remember watching him and just being fascinated by observing the way his mind worked. probably because I related to it, I'm assuming. It's just who I am
1: who you are. And so talk to me about creating racks, which is this patent pending sports bra harness that you are selling. And you say that it is your bucket list career to do it because you love the reaction you get when you see the women wearing your product for the first time. Walk us through that. When did this happen? Where are you in your journey there?
2: I have had this in my brain for years, like a long time. (laughs) Love it. I love working out, love hate, depends on the workout, but I love to run. I don't run for competition. I like to run for mental and emotional wellness. And I think sweating just feels so good. It's like I'm getting the demons out sometimes. Yeah, I feel that too. I just always feel so much better after a workout, especially if I'm uh, like overwhelmed with those thoughts, you know, so like the entrepreneurial mind, the kind of mind that just kind of never stops. It's a better functioning mind for me when my body's in motion. So if I've been stagnant or sitting still too long, I definitely can hack my brain if I just exercise. So I would be running and I would be totally annoyed at the bouncing because it's distracting. I'm there to accomplish a specific thing and it might not actually be to improve my performance or get stronger or faster. Sometimes it wasn't, but with the intention being to get clarity of mind, and I'm out running, I've got these ideas and I'm like bouncing all over the place and frustrated and distracted by that. Uncomfortable by it, it slows you down. There's all kinds of things that bouncing the problems that it creates. So this has been in my mind for the longest time. I would spend all this money on all these so-called high impact sports bras that didn't actually work. I knew for a very long time, the only way to actually keep boobs from bouncing is to keep them from coming up in the first place. Okay. And there's never been anything that's done that. Now, there are some products on the market that cinch higher, that sort of lift your breasts. And I do think that they work a little better, but they still don't keep the boobs from bouncing. Really, the only two ways that traditional sports bras attempt to prevent bouncing is either by, by being higher or tighter. Makes sense. And Racks isn't about either one of those things. Racks keeps the breasts from coming up because if they don't go up, they can't come back down. It totally eliminates the bouncing.
1: Sure. So you designed this. Yes. What were some of the steps involved in that for founders out there with that big idea that they haven't necessarily launched? It's still in their head. We want to help people bring it to fruition. Tell me about the early stages of creating a product like this. That's patent pending.
2: It is patent pending. Yeah, I have a utility and design patent pending product here. It was really about finding the right connections. The first step for me was finding the right connections because I don't know how to sew a pillow. Like I have no idea, you know. This is just one of those sort of napkin ideas. I would like watch my dad create something like that. It's like, oh yeah, I think this would be a good way to do it. And you sort of jot it down to have all these little sketches still and kind of tucked away in a drawer Mm -hmm. was just about finding somebody who I could trust to share the idea with. Of course, that's going to be a big part of anybody's process or journey. If you have an idea like this, you don't want to just tell everybody about it. I ended up coming across a wonderful woman who had designed for an athletic company. She agreed to sign an NDA and we had a conversation and she agreed that it was a good idea. So honestly, the first step for me was just having a conversation with someone in that industry that might have some knowledge that could tell me either yes or no. Yeah, I think that could work or yeah, it's probably not going to work. And I got thumbs up from her and just kind of continued to search for the right people and have those conversations. And yeah, it took me along a, a fun Exciting design path.
1: <laughs> I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Well, I'm sure there were some roadblocks. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Because no matter what, you're going to have obstacles when you're creating something that doesn't exist. What do you think were some of the things that were the toughest to get through? How did you navigate it and how can we learn from it?
2: So, personally, I have definitely identified that one of my biggest struggles is organization. And something that I really wish I would have done. And what's crazy about it is I'm telling you this, I'm telling you that I wish I had done this and I'm still not doing it. So the Hmm. discipline, I'm lacking some discipline and I've got some room for improvement for sure, but I really wish I would have done a better job of keeping notes, like keeping clear notes and information stored along the way. So I would be able to remember why I made certain decisions. Mm. I couldn't even tell you at this point on some of these things, like, why did you decide to do it this way? I know there was a reason, but I might not be able to tell you exactly what it was. And if I had that information, I'm sure it would help me with making decisions in the future.
1: Right. Like journaling yourself through the stages, because sometimes these creative juices flow and you just don't get it all down, right, in your laptop in time. That's useful. That's actually specific, useful advice. Are you selling online? Is it all pretty much through e-commerce?
2: Right now, it's mostly on e-commerce, but I did get placement in a running store yesterday. So I just popped in. Congrats. I just walked in the front door with the product and showed it to the owner. And he was pretty excited about it and put some on his hangers in his store right away. So that felt good. I'm looking for more opportunities to establish those relationships with retailers.
1: You did talk about side hustles. Your father was that kind of guy. You still practice as a hypnotherapist. You've been doing that for, I think, almost 15 years. You still see clients, which is so interesting to me that you're doing both. You're, a perfect person to talk to, I think, about staying centered as a business owner and how you deal with the frustrations of being an entrepreneur, of being a founder. Because as I said, I feel you must have a really great foundation. So let's get into some of that advice. What do you think really served you in terms of making a bold move like this? I think a lot of people have fear of failure issues when it comes to reinventing, a second act, coming back to the workforce after taking time to raise kids. How did you do it? and What can we learn from that?
2: For me, it's easy to stay centered when I'm passionate because you feel at home when you're working on something you're passionate about. It's when you move further away from the center line and you're not working on something that really calls to you or serves you or you feel good about that makes you feel off balance or uncentered. So that's why it's easy for me to work simultaneously on racks and still see Mm -hmm. hypnotherapy clients because both of these things feel so comfortable to me. It's, It's easy to sort of weave in and out of those worlds because they're like home. Does that make sense? Yes, it does it's not a challenge. In fact, I would say that some of the challenges that I have faced and will continue to face, hypnotherapy has become a tool. The more I learn about hypnotherapy and helping others, the more I can apply those same techniques to myself to help me overcome whatever mindset struggles and challenges present along the way. Yes. That I have found to be a huge asset. I really encourage anyone out there who's having some difficulty with Your mindset, perspective, ADHD tendencies, all you entrepreneurs out there, hypnotherapy can be a fantastic way to really kind of get your focus dialed in, lasered in.
1: Do you actually have clients that are founders, entrepreneurs, people in that business area?
2: I live in a very small town. I'm not marketing that business at all. When somebody calls or when somebody, if, if I get a referral, I'll be happy to make it happen, but I'm not like seeking that out. I've found that my geographical location, there's not a lot of demand for hypnotherapy in the Midwest.
1: Well, maybe there should be more awareness and this will help. Sure, yeah. Getting this message out there. It's not something I know a lot of people doing. You're right. I do find it intriguing. Let's talk again about overcoming self-doubt to pivoting, to making a transition. You say it's important to quiet the mind, that part of the mind that constantly pokes at you saying things like, and I'm going to read what you wrote to me. Are you sure you can do that? What if you fail? What if it doesn't work? You can't really do it. You have no experience. That's a big one. What the hell are you thinking? You're not smart enough. (laughs) Everybody is plagued with questions like that at one point or another when you're making a move that is like a big 180 turn. So that's the part of the mind that needs to be reassured and quieted down, you say. And you have a system like a daily practice to stay in a positive and trustful state. So tell me about that. Does it involve meditation?
2: Yes, I highly recommend meditation, of course, for everyone. I have, of course, daily practices, but I actually use what I would call hypnosis hacks just a variety of tools that I've learned along the way. There are certain things that work really well for me and some things that don't. One of the things that I know people do is they have a what if sort of pattern way of thinking. Mm -hmm. What if this doesn't work out? What if people judge me? What if people think it's stupid? All of those kinds of things. One thing that works really well for me, and I'll say it doesn't work well for everyone because everyone's different. But what I like to do is I like to put the word so on the front of that statement. So I'll say, instead of what if, it's okay. I catch myself in that frame of mind and I recognize what I was saying to myself. What if it doesn't work? What if I don't understand? What if I can't do it? And then I'll just say, you know what? So what if it doesn't work? So what if I don't understand? So what if I can't do it? And then I might follow that up with more of an affirmation type statement. So what if I don't understand? I am capable of learning. So what if people think it's stupid? I know that it's a good product. I sort of step back to my center intentionally by paying very close attention to how I'm talking to myself. That's just one of the strategies.
1: Let's talk takeaways for the bucket list career community. What do you think is most powerful in terms of what you've learned about yourself, what you've learned about finding meaning in your work and actually building that runway to launching your bucket list career?
2: So I think what I've learned and another thing that I kind of lean on in times that I have self-doubt, that's so present in everyday life. We don't know what the future holds. And so sometimes our mind tries to fill that gap and close that loop with these thought creations that are completely untrue. What I love to do is go back to what do I know is true. The thing that's been most helpful to me is just straight up going back to the testimonials. If I think about the looks on women's faces when they wear this for the first time, it's all I need. It's truly all I need. It's like, okay, maybe it's going to take me some time to learn X, Y, Z. And I might not really want to learn X, Y, Z because it's not something that I'm good at or not something that really lights me up. But it's part of the business that's necessary. When I read those testimonials, it gives me the motivation and courage and the reassurance that is the right thing to do because I know I'm making a difference in the lives of women. I mean, People are running faster. They're jumping higher. They're doing things that they didn't know that they could do. And my full intention is to get women working out that either weren't working out because they were so uncomfortable, or maybe they were modifying their workouts because they were uncomfortable. I want to get this on bodies and help women to feel the freedom to become the badass that they actually are.
1: Oh, I love that. Actually, I'd be a good candidate for your product. Well, let me get I don't really one. feel that I've ever found. And you said, this is the white space. There's just nothing out there like it. I don't think I've ever found the truly effective sports bra. So uh, I'm a fan. I'll be checking out Rax right after we finish this recording. Speaking of which, tell me where to send everybody.
2: Yeah. So the website is www, of course, my racks, and it's spelled a little crazy. So it's my, the word my, the word rax is spelled W R A X. So com. I'd love to share with you quickly why I named it Rex.
1: I was just about to ask you, seriously, Frankie, just about to ask you. I mean, I get the play on words with the spelling, but is there a story there?
2: There's a little bit of a story there. I think it was. it's evident from the first part of the interview how much uh, influence my dad was on my life. He was such a wonderful human, and he named me Frankie Ray, and my middle name is spelled W-R-E-Y. The spelling W-R-A-X is kind of my nod, my thank you to him. Oh, I love
1: that. I'm glad you shared that with us. Well, Frankie Elder Reedy, this was great. I'm really amazed at what you're achieving here, and I think it was a pleasure to share your story, but also get some really great nuggets of wisdom from you. So thank you. Well,
2: I hope so. All I have is what I know. I don't know if it's helpful to anyone else, but I want it to be. That's- totally.
1: And I also liked how you told me you thought the podcast, you, you like the theme, you like the idea. And then you said it was super rad, little 80s, oh, 80s yeah, terminology I mean, totally reference. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this girl is so up my alley because i'm in a band and we do 80s 90s music so. oh my god are you
2: serious
1: i think you're rad also so
2: oh, well. <laughs> like okay so you use the word rad because i cannot stand to be like everyone else and i think that's part of the reason that i created this too because it's just like i'm not myself on the planet it, i don't like to stand out <laughs> Really, i'm sort of like a weird combination of like i don't really love attention but boy, I don't want to just be like everybody else. I, there's something very uncomfortable about that. I specifically use the word rad because like no one else does.
1: <laughs> Keep using it. Keep using it. Great to have you on the show again, Frankie. Oh my
2: gosh, Thank you. It's been super fun.
1: This is Bucket List Careers. I'm Krista Laurie. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at I-R-O-M-I-C-K-Media.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.